Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. No matter how hard you try, you and your spouse still won't have a perfect marriage. It's just not going to happen. But whenever a problem does come up, the key isn't to sweep it under the rug and pretend it doesn't exist. We really do have a perfect marriage. Unfortunately, a lot of us live in that a false reality. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley. They're in charge of our marriage department here. And um, Aaron, you do a lot of great work with marriages. Who are some of your go-to friends, if you will? Uh, give us an example of somebody you can talk to honestly about your marriage. Mm-hmm. I have several friends that I have been friends with for 20 plus years. And so they've known Greg and I in our marriage when we were young and as we've aged through raising children and now into almost empty nesting. And so I know that I can talk to my friend Lisa, my friend Lori about anything. And they know the family dynamics. They know Greg and I know they love Greg. And so if I'm having a difficult stent with Greg, they're not going to um, take up an offense. They're going to be there just to listen and care. You know, for me, here's an interesting one is John, our boss, Jim Daly, president of Focus on the Family. He and I probably meet for a a one-on-one meeting maybe once a month. And he always asks me, how are you and Aaron doing? Hmm. And, and I really do appreciate that. And he's genuinely going, listen, you know, you guys run the marriage department. You need men in your life who are asking you, and I'm not afraid to ask you that that tough question. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's a gift that we have working here at Focus on the Family. There's a real transparency and a real heart that cares for us to be whole, authentic individuals. Well, let's go ahead and hear now from Joshua and Raquel Rogers. They've been married since 2008, and they talked very honestly with Jim Daly about how they've faced and dealt with some of their struggles. Joshua and Raquel, welcome to Focus. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Um, Let's jump right in with your story. There was a night early in your marriage when it was very clear uh, that your relationship needed some work. What was going on and what happened that night? Every couple's leaning in right now going, oh yeah, we had that night. I think you're probably talking about the most humiliating moment of our marriage ever. What a great place to start. What a great place to start. (laughs) Um, So we were actually on vacation in Puerto Rico, but it wasn't much of a vacation uh, Raquel had just had our first child, and she was three months old. We were sleep-deprived. Uh, we were constantly at odds with each other. So we're in Puerto Rico. Her family's there, and we try our best when we're with her family to behave as well as we can. But <laughs> there was one day where we started having one of those whisper fights in the living room, and Raquel said, go to the bedroom. So we oh, go yeah. to the bedroom. You called them out. <laughs> yes. Let's go to the bedroom and finish this. That's, oh, we and we were finishing it. There were accusations, insults going back and forth. And all of a sudden, I looked over to my right and I said, oh, my gosh, the baby monitor's there. Yeah, so I go to the living room immediately. and That's where I, actually the speaker for the baby monitor was. That's right. And <laughs> I realized that I can hear Joshua moving around in the room. And I look to the kitchen and my grandmother's there and it just hits me. Oh, my gosh, she just heard everything. And my aunt's walking down the hallway. They just heard everything that we were saying. And so that was a moment. How did of, that go? What was there to do at that point? What did you say to them? What did they say to you? Nothing. We learned. I think it was 10 years later that they heard the whole thing. They, you know, her aunt finally told us. But you knew. Oh, oh I, I definitely knew. And honestly, what we did was pretend it didn't happen. 
And okay. that's really kind of a metaphor for a metaphor. what our marriage is like. Well, no, not just what our marriage is I think what we do in general, when we're kind of exposed and caught in sin, what do we do? We cover up. We hide. Let's just, just pretend that that didn't happen and you move on. <laughs> but there, that was a, a really an epic moment. But we have we had lots of little moments like that where God was really starting to be like, okay, uh, put his finger on something. There's something that I want to show up and I want you to come to me and say, you know, I'm right here. Adam and Eve, you know, Genesis 3, right after that moment that they sin, what happens? God says, Adam and Eve, where are you? They had already covered up. They hid. That's what we all do in our marriages. We hide and we cover up. We pretend self-defense mechanisms. Um, And so that baby monitor story is really a moment of really an epic moment of God being, here's an opportunity. Are you going to come to me? You know, are you going to hide and cover up and pretend or can you just confess? And and let me ask you this. I mean, given you lived on both sides of this equation, meaning putting forward this perfect facade or better facade and then being caught behind closed doors with the baby monitor, what compels us all? I mean, you guys aren't unique in that way, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what marriage is about, especially early and especially with the the pressure of having three young children being sleep deprived like you said you're you're working from a deficit mm-hmm. but you're still trying to present the pinterest family right here we are we're good we're perfect praise god why are we in that spot rather than being vulnerable authentic and real i think a lot of people are like that and we were on that trip but i think that one of the strengths of our marriages is that people have known when we have issues and the reason they've known is because we tell them some of the times it was in a healthy way. I'm in a men's small group. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm angry with her. Um, at the same time, you know, I, the next week I'm talking about how great my marriage is. But our marriages are not going to be safe if they're insular. And so we, from the beginning, have been really honest with people. And sometimes it was embarrassing. I think our family got tired of hearing us fight around them. Huh. And so we actually weren't trying to fool anybody on that trip. Yes, because, you know, we were never around those family members. But in general, I think one of the strengths of our marriage is the willingness to be vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people, what well, we all have opportunities in everyday life. Marriage is a perfect gift, a mirror for your insular and, and you have opportunity, you have enough pressures happening around you where stuff starts to bubble up, you know, your ways of pretending and hiding your sin patterns, they come up. But what do you do with that is really what's important. You can either deny and say, uh, I'm not going to face that part of myself, or you have the opportunity. I think it is a strength in our marriage to say, all right, God has shown this to me enough times that I can submit and come to him and allow him to bring healing and wholeness and transformation. But it really brings humility instead of denial. Yeah, but it is a process. And I think that's part of it. I think marriage, that the Lord put marriage in our hearts and in our institutions as a way to uh, make us better. Well, what a story with that baby monitor. My goodness. And I loved what the Rogers shared about not hiding their struggles. I mean, they certainly couldn't in that circumstance. Uh, Greg, uh, finding somebody who's trustworthy, we talked about that kind of in in the open. Um, It it can be difficult to find somebody that cares, that we can actually be honest with. And, And frankly, it seems that sometimes all we really want to do is vent. We're not actually looking for anybody to help us. 
We just want to vent. Yeah, really. And that's so true. And when I think about those type of friends in my own life, what's been what's been good for me is to think about the types of friends that are important. I would argue that we all need an older, wiser, more experienced friend, a couple friend in our life. You know, maybe 5, 10, 15 years further down the road who can go, oh, yeah, man, I remember when that was happening and here's kind of what we did. And something about that experience, the fact that they survived, Mm -hmm. that they've thrived through that, we need that. I think we also need to have kind of peers and friends who are in the same season of life that we're in that that get it instantly when I go, hey, with our teenage daughter, and they instantly know exactly what we're talking about. And then I think we need to have a, a younger friend. And Aaron and I really have these types of friends. I mean, we had that younger couple at our house just the other night. Mm-hmm. And as they're struggling, we're able to say, you know what, we've been there. We've we've been through something similar to that. And this is how we dealt with it. But then just to support them, letting them know that we believe that they can push through this, that they can get through this, that they can become better and stronger because of this. Yeah. Are there some common identifiers that we could use as we seek out those kinds of people in our lives? I mean, are there things that we should look for or things we should try to avoid in terms of personal characteristics? I mean, I'm just thinking if I'm going to bear my soul, I don't want to do it the first time I meet them, but how long do I need to know them? And, and what are some of the personality traits I'm looking for? Well, it's important when you're looking for someone to be a confidant that you're watching, maybe from afar for a while, or maybe you meet someone and it's you're like, you know what, we connect. But then it's watching over time Um, Are they trustworthy? Do they hold other people's confidences or do they tell you other people's secrets? Mm -hmm. Are they grounded in faith and in God's word? Are they maturing and growing? And are they authentic about what they're going through? Typically, we're not going to go and share our deepest stuff with people who aren't authentic about their deepest stuff. There's a concept basically that says the, the depth of level that I share will be met and reciprocated. Mm. And so it's it's recognizing if you're not experiencing depth, are you giving depth and being authentic and being authentically known? Yeah. And I would say, John, too, that, that the one big rule that Aaron and I have, any time we're discussing friends, individual friends, couple friends, is that our spouse has the ability to say, I, I just really don't feel comfortable with this person. Mm-hmm. And I've got some concerns and I, I may not always react, you know, perfectly to if Aaron was to say that to me, but, but we've agreed that, that she can say, I just, I, I just don't feel comfortable with this. And I always tell people I, there is not a relationship on this earth that I would choose over my wife. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't agree, even if I'm like, you're just being jealous or you're just being paranoid or whatever, I, I would always tell her okay, I accept your influence. I respect that. I choose you over this other person. And so be aware of that. I mean, make sure that there's safety within the marriage around friendships, that we're not hanging out with people that our spouse just can't stand or just doesn't approve of or has major concerns. I choose Aaron always. Mm. Even if I don't agree with that, I'm going to still choose her. That is really powerful. And I hope you'll take that as a listener to heart. And uh, along the way here, we might have talked about something that really is painful for you. Maybe you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to. Um, You could start by giving us a call 
and scheduling a time for a free consultation over the phone with one of our caring Christian counselors. They can have an initial conversation with you. They can hear you out. They can maybe direct you to some resources. And we have a network of really great qualified Christian counselors across the country. Um, They could refer you to somebody in your own area for an ongoing uh, counseling relationship. We're a phone call away, 800, the letter A and the word family. So please call and let us help. And another resource I'll point out is the book by Joshua Rogers. Um, He tells more of the story in his book, Confessions of a Happily Married Man. Uh, It can be yours when you make a donation of any amount to the ministry. Support the work here at Focus on the Family. Make a difference in the lives of those who listen uh, to these podcasts and who contact the ministry. Um, You can donate, find the link for that book, and... Uh, learn more about our counseling team. All the details are in the show notes. And we'll have the Rogers back with us next time. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.